welcome back to my podcast, Loving Courageous. I'm your host, Demetrius, and today I will be talking about April Valentine, the black woman that passed away during labor. And I'll also be talking about the documentary Aftershock. Just in case any of you don't know, the documentary Aftershock is talking about the maternal mortality rate in black women in America and also the systematic racism in the healthcare. And that documentary is also on Hulu. Now, I will do a part two to this episode, but on the first episode, I'm just going to be talking about April Valentine and the black women in the documentary Aftershock that had passed away after giving birth. In my part two episode, which I'll post next week, I'll be talking about the systematic racism in the healthcare. Now, I will start talking about April Valentine now. So on January the 9th, April Valentine actually walked to a maternity ward at Sentinella Hospital Medical Center in Inglewood, California. And she actually passed away during labor the next day. The Los Angeles County Medical Examiner said that she passed away due to a blood clot. Now in February, her family filed a complaint with the Los Angeles County Board of supervisors alleging systemic and racist practices at the hospital. In August the 29th, her family and her partner, Nigel Robertson, claimed in a wrong for death lawsuit filed in Los Angeles County Superior Court and said that the reason why the 31-year-old April Valentine passed away was due to negligence by the hospital and staff. Her boyfriend, Nigel Robertson, also said that he wouldn't even take his dog to that hospital. Now, due to the complaint, board members actually called for a state inspection, which the California Department of Public Health actually ran earlier this year. In a statement to NBC News, Sentinel Hospital Medical Center denied the allegations that are in the lawsuit, saying that it is dedicated to delivering compassionate quality care to all patients. The hospital also denied the allegation of systemic racism and said the health care reflects the very ethnic and racial makeup of the community. Now, the hospital also announced in August that they will be closing this maternity ward on October October the 25th. April Valentine worked with a birthing doula. Just in case anyone don't know what a doula is, it's a person that is trained to provide physical, emotional, and educational support for a woman who is expecting or a woman that has already given birth. April Valentine partner Nigel Robertson said that Valentine actually had a black physician and that she hung a large whiteboard in her bedroom covered with affirmations and aspirations that she recited daily. Some of the things that were written on her whiteboard were, I will have a healthy baby girl. I will not have any complications. I will have a healthy and beautiful pregnancy and God will bless me with a good paying career. When April Valentine actually went into labor, her sister Keisha Cordova and her partner Nigel Robertson was also there and her partner Robertson said that he was surprised by the conditions and he also said that it felt like a prison. It was was cold and it was raining that day and he said that the windows were shaking and they had to put towels by the windows to stop the leaking. Now Robertson alleges in the lawsuit that Valentine's obstetrician Dr. Gwen Allen did not arrive for hours even though sending multiple requests to the nurses. 
He also said that the nurses said that, well, we can't call the doctor or the doctor will cuss us out. April Valentine's sister Cordova said that she has also witnessed this. And the allegation about the nurses not calling the doctor is also in the lawsuit. Allen attorney Ludlow B. Crary II said that last month, Dr. Allen did not cause his patient who is April Valentine's death and federal privacy laws actually prevented her from actually speaking out. Valentine's doula Stances Askew was not allowed during delivery. Now, lawsuit says even though previous affirmation from the medical staff that Askew actually was allowed to be on site when delivery began, but Askew decided to text Valentine throughout her labor instead. Robertson has said that Valentine was feeling contractions and the nurses were inattentive and they actually refused to give her water. And the lawsuit, there's also a claim saying that the epidural was poorly administered. Robertson said that it took the medical staff 15 minutes to even put the epidural and Valentine. And he also said the nurse stuck April like six different times. Robertson says that April Valentine's legs also began to swell. And after that, Valentine actually started to vomit. She actually ended up stopped breathing. And he also said that her body just immediately locked up her eyes rolled back to the back of her head. He said he ran to the hallway and was like, help, she's not breathing. Help, 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 she's not breathing. And he asked someone to help him. And he said that he began to do CPR himself. Minutes later, doctors took over according to the state health department inspection, but sadly, April Valentine did not make it. And the staff actually had to do an emergency c-section on her she actually had a baby girl and her name is anaya april robertson and she was actually unresponsive at first but is alive so after going over valentine's case the state health department actually found the hospital did fail to prevent the deficiencies that caused someone to pass away or to get hurt. The agency fined the hospital $75,000 earlier this year, referring to a maternal death, but without naming the patient. NBC News actually obtained the state inspection documents of the hospital from 2019 from 2022. The agency found that staff failed to notify families about major changes in patients' conditions, and it was also a patient who died after receiving improper medical care. And they also had rodent activity in the hospital. In the document, it shows the hospital actually created plans for corrective actions. This means that conducting random cleanliness tests and offering staff counseling, suspending and later terminating a employee. California maternal death rate is one of the lowest in the country with 18.6 maternal deaths for every 100,000 live births in 2020. But the maternal death rates for black women between 2018 and 2020 were three times higher than white women. 
According to a report from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, in 2021, black women in the U.S. are nearly three times more likely to die from a pregnant-related cause than a white woman. It is said that implicit bias and differences in the quality of healthcare can play a role and found that 80% and found that more than 80% of pregnancy-related deaths were preventable. Now, the family and friends of April Valentine said they will not let this story be forgotten. They are actually protesting outside the hospital in February to share memories and to protest about her death and start a hashtag justice for April Page online. April daughter Anaya actually just reached nine months old. And her partner, one of Valentine's friends, Shanae Neshe, said that we were just really looking forward to going through motherhood together and like having play dates. But now all that has been taken away from us. Valentine's partner, Robertson, has said that he wants to make sure that what happened to April Valentine's does not happen to anyone else. He also said, you got to think how many Aprils was out there before this and how many Aprils can be out there after this. And he said he's going to fight for her and every other black woman that have ever had to do something like this. Now, I will be talking about the black women that have passed away after giving birth in the documentary Aftershock. I will start off with first talking about Shamani Gibson, the black woman that passed away two weeks later after giving birth. Shamani Gibson partner Omari Haynar said that they left the hospital that first week and he said that she was having shortness of breath when she talked and her sister Jasmine Gibson said that Shimani would walk down the stairs to get something and when she was trying to get back up she couldn't move and would just be lying on the floor. Amari said that they have called the hospital and he have told the people at the hospital about the symptoms that Shimani was having and the doctor said that it's okay to just let her relax. Now to Two weeks later, they went back to the hospital because Shamani had a C-section and so her staples from the C-section actually had to be removed. And Amari brung up about the symptoms again to the staff and was asking what to do about it. But the staff just kept telling them to make sure that Shamani gets plenty of rest. Omari also discussed about how the hospital staff, they didn't have a sense of urgency. And Omar also said that Shimani was having a sharp chest pain and that she said that she wanted to go back to the hospital. Now, when they was actually in their place and was getting ready to leave, Shimani actually like passed out and her mother screamed. And they had to actually call the paramedics to come. And Shimani's mother, whose name is Shawnee Benton, said that when the paramedics have arrived, they asked Omar, has Shawnee been on any drugs? He said no. They also asked her mom. She said no. And then when more and more of the paramedics start coming, Shimani's mother, Shawnee Benton, said that they kept asking her the same question. Did she take drugs? Has she been on any? And she said no. They ended up taking Shimani to a near hospital. And her mother actually said that that was not the hospital that she wanted Shimani to go because of the hospital did not have the money or they didn't have the equipment 
to actually take care of Shimani. When they arrived to the hospital, Omar said it was a pulmonary embolism that Shimani had. And the hospital staff said the only thing that they could do was give Shimani blood thinners and hope the blood clot would pop. Just in case anyone don't know, blood thinners is medicine that helps blood flow smoothly through the veins and arteries. It's supposed to help keep the blood clots from getting bigger or forming. 12 hours later, Shimani was pronounced dead. Now, I will be talking about Amber Rose Isaac, another black woman that actually passed away after giving birth. Now, Amber Rose Isaac also had a C-section. Amber Rose Isaac was feeling dizzy. She was having headaches and also having a hard time breathing. But when she would go to the hospital and tell the doctors and nurses, they would just take her symptoms very lightly. The hospital staff were also saying that it was just pregnancy-related symptoms. So Amber Rose's partner, Bruce McIntyre, actually started doing research on midwives and doula. Now, he actually met up with this doula. Her name was Nubia Martin, and she was checking Amber Rose out, and she knew that something was immediately off. Amber platelet counts were below the range. Her platelet counts was 141, but the normal range is 150 through 400. And then her platelet counts kept dropping. Amber was actually high risk and the doctors didn't mention anything to them about it. Amber partner Bruce also said that Amber wanted to do a tell-all of the type of experience that she was actually dealing with at the hospital, Montefiore. The staff from the hospital finally paid attention and decided to diagnose her with HELP syndrome, which stands for hemolysis elevated liver enzyme and low platelets in pregnancy. She was actually taken to the hospital and they induced her labor, so she had a C-section. But Amber mother, Renita Isaac, said that the high-risk doctor actually left Amber with the young teen. She also said that they cut Amber open and blood was like water. She was lying there on the table, bleeding out, and the staff neglected her. And Amber sadly passed away. Amber's mother actually used to work at the Montefiore Hospital for 25 years. And after Amber passing, the hospital gave a statement saying that their maternal mortality rate is 0.01, which is the lowest than both New York City's and national averages. Now, Bruce has said that the security and the secretary of the hospital were being nasty towards Amber. And the day Bruce took Amber to the hospital, security at the front said to Bruce, it's okay, Mr. Baby Daddy, go sit down over there. And was telling Bruce that he wasn't able to go up with Amber. Now, in 2022 of April, Amber Estate has filed a lawsuit against the Montefiore Hospital and certain doctors claiming medical malpractice and negligence. Now, the hospital has still denied all allegations, but the Amber family is still awaiting their day in court. Now, there was another part in the documentary that I want to talk about. Um, Omari actually was going to this Weeksville Heritage Center in Brooklyn, New York, where it's black men that talk about their women 
dying while giving birth. It was this one guy where his woman has passed away after giving birth. And he said that the hospital staff told him that he needed to take a DNA test just to take his son home. And he said that they never believed that that was his son. It was another guy. His name was Sam Balvery Jr. He was the partner of Maria Corona that passed away after giving birth as well. And he said that after she gave birth, the staff told him that they were good to go. But Maria wasn't even able to walk. And Sam asked the nurses if they can extend, you know, her time being at the hospital or can, you know, she get some more help. But he also said that when the assurance don't cover it, the hospital staff, they don't care about you that much. Now, I will give my opinion on all this. I will say this. It is very unprofessional for these hospitals to treat these women the way they did. The fact that they left Amber unattended when they cut her open was unacceptable. And another thing that I felt like was very unacceptable, uh, the security, when he said to Bruce, Mr. Baby Daddy, that's offensive. What are you trying to say? I felt like he said that because they're black. The stereotype of black girls having baby daddies. And I'm like, that, that came off very bothersome and stereotype and to me that security officer needs to be fired that whole hospital needs to be closed down because that's unacceptable you don't say stuff like that to people and because people try to put that stigma on black women like we're single mothers basically like we don't have a man that's how they try to put it and I don't like that because you have a lot of people that try to stereotype black women as single mothers you have a lot of white single mothers out here but you don't really hear about that it's like you're not gonna really hear a white woman being told oh about her baby daddy they don't use that towards white women they use towards black women to put that stereotype on black women it's a negative thing also I want to talk about the guy that had to do a DNA test just to prove that that was his son that was way out of line on the hospital staff because I don't know anyone that has to give a DNA test to prove that that is their child that don't even make sense the fact that they did that that was so disrespectful that was so unprofessional and to me I feel like these people that work in the hospitals and they treat these people like this they should be ashamed of themselves like how do you sleep at night knowing that you are literally out here killing people you're standing here cutting people bodies open just leaving them laying on the dang on operation table like it's nothing how do you sleep at night as a nurse as a doctor doing this type of stuff it's disgusting that is all today for my episode i hope that any woman out there that is pregnant especially if you are a woman of color i hope that you give birth to a healthy baby and that you get through your pregnancy without any complications and i want to say thank you all for tuning in and listening to my podcast i hope you all have a lovely day